Chapter Twenty Two of Norse Pole Voyages by Zaharia A. Mudge. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Two Homeward Bound. The final escape from the brig must now be commenced. From the early fall, its necessity had been sought of, and preparations for it commenced. Since the sick had begun to improve, the work in reference to it had been going on with a system. Coverlets of eiderdown, beds or furs, which could be used as such, boots, moccasins, a full supply to meet emergencies were prepared. Provision bags were made, and filled with powder, ship bread, pork fat, and tallow melted down, and cooked, concentrated bean soup. The flour and meat biscuit were put in double bags. Two boats had been made from the ship's beams, twenty-six feet long, seven feet across and three feet deep incredible toil by weak and sick men had been expended upon these boats a neat housing of light canvas was raised over each of them one other boat the red eric was in readiness there was no assurance that either of these boats would long float yet all was done which the circumstances allowed to make them seaworthy the three boats were mounted on sledges the necessary outfit so far as they could bear was to be stowed away in them everything being in readiness a vast amount of thinking having been employed by the commander in reference to all contingencies a peremptory order of march was issued for the seventeenth of may the men were given twenty-four hours to get ready eight pounds of such personal effects as they choose from the date of starting the strictest discipline and subordination was to be observed which came hard upon the long indulged improving sick ones the perfectness of the preparations had a good effect yet there were many moody doubters some insisted that the commander only meant to go further south holding the brig to fall back upon some thought he would get the sick nearer the hunting grounds others believed that his purpose was to secure some point of lookout for the English explorers or whaling vessels. When the memorable day of departure came, the boats were in the cradle on the sledges, and the men, with straps over their shoulders and drag ropes from these to the sledges, started for the ice foot along which they were to travel. They had not yet received their loads, so they glided off easily exciting a smile on some rueful countenances in twenty-four hours the boats were laden on the elevated driveway covered with their canvas roof and with a jaunty flag flying were ready for a final leave the next day the exhausted men for nearly all of them were yet invalids returned to the vessel ate the best supper the supplies afforded turned in prepared for their first effort at dragging the boat-laden sledges. But one sledge could be moved at once, with all hands attached. The first day they made two miles only with this one. For several days they made short distances and returned early to a hearty supper and warm beds in their old quarters, so that they marched back to the drag-ropes in the morning refreshed. The weather was by the kind overruling hand, superb the final leave-taking was somewhat ceremonious all the men were assembled in the dismantled room which had been so long both a prison 
and providential home. It was Sunday. All listened to a chapter of the Bible and prayers. Then, all silently standing, the commander read a prepared report of what had been done, and the reasons for the step about to be taken. He then addressed the company, honestly conceding the obstacles in the way of escape, but assuring them that energy and subordination would secure success. He reminded them of the solemn claims upon them of the sick and wounded, called to their minds the wonderful deliverance granted them thus far by the infinite power, and exhorted them still confidently to commit all to the same helper. The response to this appeal was most cheering to Dr. Kane. The following engagement was drawn up by one of the officers and signed by every man. Quote, the undersigned, being convinced of the impossibility of the liberation of the brig, and equally convinced of the impossibility of remaining in the ice a third winter, do fervently concur with the commander in his attempt to reach the south by means of boats. Knowing the trials and hardships which are before us, and feeling the necessity of union, harmony, and discipline, we have determined to abide faithfully by the expedition and our sick comrades, and to do all that we can, as true men, to advance the objects in view. The party now went on deck, hoisted a flag, and hauled it down again, and then marched once or twice around the vessel. The figurehead, the fair Augusta, the little blue girl with pink cheeks, was taken by the men and added to their load. She had been nipped and battered by the ice, and a common suffering made her dear to them. When Dr. Kane remonstrated against the additional burden, they said, She is at any rate wood, and if we cannot carry her far, we can burn her. The final departure was too serious for cheers, and when the moment came, they all hurried off to the boats and the drag ropes. Four men were sick and had to be carried, and Dr. Kane was, with the dog team, the common carrier and courier, as we shall see, so that there were but twelve men to the boats. These were organized into two companies, six each, for the two sledges, Emgari having command of the faith, and Morton command of the hope. Each party was separate in matters of baggage, sleeping, cooking, and eating, both were concentrated, in turns, upon each sledge under the command of Brooks. Both morning and evening of each day, all gathered round, with uncovered heads to listen to prayers. Everyone had his assigned place at the track-line, each served in turn as cook, except the captains. From an early day of the preparations, Dr. Kane had been at work, their fitting and furnishing the broken-down, forsaken hut at Anoatuk. For this purpose many trips were made to it with the dog-team. It was made tight as possible. The filth carefully removed. Cushions and blankets were spread upon the raised floor at the sides, and a stove set up. Blankets were hung up against the walls, and the whole made to look as cheerful as possible. While the sledges were approaching this place by short stages, Dr. Kane with his team, brought to the hut the four sick men. They were Godfellow, Wilson, Whipple, and Stephenson. Dr. Hayes, yet limping on his frozen foot, bravely adhered to the sledges. 
when the sick entered the hut none could wait upon the others except stephenson who could barely light the lamp to melt the snow and heat the water but dr kane made them frequent visits supplying their wants and reporting the daily progress toward them of their whole company they grew better and were able to creep out into the sunshine besides carrying the sick to anuatuk dr kane had with his dogs conveyed there and stocked near the hut most of the provisions for their march and voyage eight hundred pounds out of the fifteen were now there and he proposed to convey the rest this was done to relieve the overladen sledges the red boat red eric joined the party on the floe a few days after the start increasing their burden but assuring them of increased comfort and safety when they reached the open water one incident of this period will illustrate its hardships and the christian courage with which they were met it was soon after the last sick man was born to the hut that dr kane having in one of his dog team trips camped on the floe came upon the boat party early in the morning they were at prayers at the moment and as they passed to the drag ropes he was pained at the evidence of increased scurvy and depression brooke's legs were sadly swollen and highs ready to faint with exhaustion they must have more generous meals thought the noble-hearted commander taking morton he hastened back to the brig as they entered a raven flew croaking away he had already made his home there lighting the fires in the old cook-room they melted pork cooked a large batch of light bread without salt saleratus or shortening gathered together some eatable though damaged dried apples and beans and the dogs having fed hastened back to the men on the floe distributing a good supper to their comrades as they passed and taking godfrey along with them they hastened to the hut the poor fellows confined in it were rejoiced to see them they had eaten all their supplies their lamp had gone out the snow had piled up at the door so that they could not close it and the arctic wind and cold were making free in their never too warm abode the poor fellows were cold sick and hungry the coming of their commander was as the coming of an angel messenger of good tidings he closed their door made a fire of tarred rope dried their clothes and bedding cooked them a porridge of pea-soup and meat-biscuit and set their lamp-wick ablaze with dripping pork-fat then after all had joined in prayer of thankfulness a well-relished meal was eaten this was followed by a cheerful chat and a long refreshing forgetfulness in their sleeping-bags of all privations when they awoke the gale had grown more tempestuous with increasing snow but they went on burning rope and fat until every icicle had disappeared and every frost-mark had faded out on their arrival at the hut the night before dr kane seeing the condition of things sent godfrey forward to etach for fresh supplies of game after a time he returned with metak and the two sledges well laden with meat a part of this was hurried off to the toilers at the drag ropes having blessed by his coming these weary voyagers dr kane with morton metak and his sledge went once more to the brig 
they baked a hundred and fifty pounds of bread and sent it by metek to mr brooks and the faithful messenger having delivered it returned immediately for another load while he was gone a hundred pounds of flour pudding was made and two bagfuls of pork fat tried out this done the three lay down upon the curled hair of the old mattresses they having been ripped open and their contents drawn out to make the most comfortable bed the place afforded they slept as soundly as vagrants on a haystack the next day they set their faces towards the sledge company and anatuk both sledges having heavy loads which included the last of the fifteen hundred pounds of provisions dr kane had made one of his last trips to the brig he would return for provisions only but all his specimens of natural history collected with much toil his books and many of his well-tested instruments he was compelled to leave his six dogs had carried him during the fortnight since the company left the brig between seven and eight hundred miles averaging about fifty-seven miles a day but for their services the sick could scarcely have been saved and the rest would have suffered more intensely leaving as usual a part of the food with mr brooks party they hastened on to replenish the stores and cheer the hearts of the lonely dwellers in the hut End of chapter twenty two